0: You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Hello, listeners. We're back on the podcast, and I am joined once more by my co-worker, dear friend, uh-huh. creative coordinator, and purveyor of fine hats. Uh, thank you. Ethan Bolton. Hello. Yes. I, I draw the comment on the fine hats because you can't see them. If you're listening, you can't see them. But he has a fine collection of hats. I try. He is styling. My life's work. He is, uh, you know, just fun, fun stuff. Fun stuff. On the hats. <laughs>
1: it's fun for me. Favorite way it's... to be irresponsible
0: with money. <laughs> and it's fun for the people that get to look at them too, I think, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate is. that. It's funny. You're welcome. You know, I just, I love you, man. I'm going to change the topic. <laughs>
1: So, listeners, uh, if you are at Horizons Church, if you've if you've heard of that, <laughs> perhaps of that. last week, this past week, the most recent weekend we've had, we yes. dealt with content in Genesis. Specifically, we're talking like fifteen and sixteen. Am yes, I right? That's correct. I'm looking at my notes because I wasn't there. <laughs> That is a lie. <laughs> that is a lie. It was my job to be <laughs> that. That is,
0: you know, because, oh, that's the other fun thing is Ethan is also, like, the tech guy at our Barber County campus. I am. get That Holla. The campus, so he just, yeah. campus vibe. Getting the campus vibe up in here. It's nice, though. It's a nice change of pace. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's but... Fun. <laughs> I'm going to change the topic again cuz it more. somehow ended up on me. <laughs> These are the kind of transitions Steve Felder is like. He's like, ah! <laughs> that's, "No. <laughs> that's what I'm here for." Covenant.
1: Yes. So <laughs> that was kind of a buzzword. Like that was mm-hmm. that is a, a recurring buzzword. Yep. Um so I'm I'm going to I'm going to guess, I'm going to take a stab in the dark that it's probably important. <laughs> yeah, that would be a good you your stab would land. So
0: that's- why? Yeah, yeah, that's a that is a good question. So, probably helpful to start with a definition to make sure that we're all yeah. on the same page, make sure we're, you know, clear on what a covenant is. So, the textbook definition for lack of a better term and to make it as as simple I guess as possible is that a covenant is just a bond or an agreement that is voluntarily entered into by two parties where they both pledge and make promises to do something for the other. So this guy says, "Hey, I will do this if you will do that." And the other guy says, "That sounds good to me, and I will do this if you will do that." And they make a solemn agreement to fulfill both of their respective ends of this agreement, and we call it a covenant. And that's that's the simplest textbook definition. That I think is out there. And the whole concept probably originated um, way back in the ancient days of kings um, and servants. So the technical term would be a Caesarean vassal covenant. Yes, if you remember your high school history classes. Memorable set of words. (laughs) Um, So what would happen is in those cases, these kings would come in to these people and say, Hey, I will uh, <laughs> I will offer my my protections, and you can live peacefully in my domain and my dominion if you will agree to be my vassals or my my servants.
1: Like, Give me your resources, and I promise not to kill you. That's you know that's. Uh, that's hey, if my life's on probably, the line, it's not the worst deal. I that's, guess
0: that's that's not probably far off. Um, so that's probably where it origin. In fact, you. Um, if you happen to be able to read Eucharitic or you know uh, Moabite. <laughs> Always reading it.
1: I listen to the Eucharitic uh, podcast.
0: Tell me more about this Eucharitic podcast. It's not podcast. real. I lied again. I, it, uh, I can't, by the way. But if you um, – these tablets that were probably written uh, in the days of Abraham, actually, days of Abraham and Moses, uh, they, they, that's where we get this whole um, Caesarean vassal covenant. Um and on that note, you know, it's not a term that we hear thrown around a lot today. Of course, you don't—you just right. don't hear about people saying, "Oh, let us let us enter into covenant with one another." <laughs> you know, that's that's just not yeah. not normal. But we do still have some representations of it. Anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. So, like uh, our good friend Zach here, who's yeah. sitting right in front of me, delightful Zach. You know, our worship director. If you're at the Lost Creek campus. Um, our audio engineer yeah, yeah he's sitting right in front of us right now being being his goofy self and uh, you know <laughs> oh you guys I wish you could just see what happens in the studio sometimes when we're recording I don't but uh, <laughs> Zach right okay on August 18th yeah he is going to marry the love of his life uh-huh. Val and uh, what you and you, you might hear somebody say they are entering into the marriage covenant with one another, which is just saying they are making a solemn promise and an oath that they are going to commit their lives to one another for better or worse, richer or poorer. That their loyalty and their love within the marital context is going to be just for one another. And so in the sight of God and everyone, they're going to solemnly swear that oath, for lack of a better term, and they're going to enter into the covenant of marriage. So we still have some modern representation of it. Um, And even in scripture, uh, the term covenant can be used when you're talking about the bonds of lifelong friendship, even so you see in an account like 1 Samuel 20.
1: Oh, so, okay. I thought you were going to say, in a case like you and me, <laughs> lifelong friends. <laughs> but I see where we stand.
0: From, that's, okay, let me back up. So in um, 1 Samuel 20, you see David and Jonathan, much like you and I, Ethan, Thank you, thank you. Right okay. from the womb to the tomb, our friendship <laughs> is. I love it. <laughs> <That's>, um, <laughs> but in, first, in 1 Samuel 20, you see David and Jonathan enter into a covenant where they promise to support one another, uh, and yeah, yeah. Uh, you know they they swear their allegiances to one another. I dig that. as friends, no matter what happens, especially because that's in that context, <laughs> um, yeah. David is being hunted by Jonathan's father. <laughs> so, mm. um, so you see that that's that's how the some of the ways the term is is used, and where where the the concept of covenant becomes. Hugely important, though, for us and for um, our understanding of the Bible and what it means for us today has to do with the way we see covenant used to describe God's relationship with his people. In other words, the term covenant is the term that is used primarily to set the background and the stage for the way that God relates to his people. So when he decides to engage with us and, um, for lack of a better term, choose to become you know, our God and let us become his people, the term that we see used in Scripture to describe that relationship is the term covenant. And we actually see that term first explicitly used not in Genesis 15, which we talked about this weekend, Uh, but in Genesis 6.18 with Noah before the flood, God appears to Noah and says, I'm going to establish my covenant with you. And that means, as he says, I'm going to promise I'm not going to destroy you and your family alongside of the rest of uh, the world because I'm going to wipe them out with a flood. I'll preserve you and your family. I'll save you and your family, and I promise to do that. The only, the only stipulations they have in that case is uh, don't screw up. Yeah, like God says, build this ark so that way, you know, you won't perish. And they put their trust in God. They build the ark, and they're saved. And God does indeed preserve them, save them. So um, that's kind of the rough landscape for covenant, and the first time we we see the term explicitly used mm-hmm. to describe God's relationship um, with somebody. And now, this is just a side note. Okay? <laughs> I'm just going to throw this in here super quick, but uh, if you read a passage like Hosea 6-7, it reads like Adam, they, referring to God's people, transgressed the covenant, and um, that little phrase like Adam, yeah. when, when, when did Adam come into the story? Ooh, page one, page one, like in I the just beginning, said pa- you'd have you know, to have a big page, yes, but... that's a big page, but Adam, he's in there in the beginning, right? Um, so the idea is that, you know, probably even though the term isn't explicitly used, that God established a covenant with mankind and with creation from the, from the time he created it and that we were expected to exercise dominion over creation and kind of be God's co-regents um alongside of him exercising control you know, this this dominion over the earth for the flourishing of creation and the flourishing of mankind. And uh it of, seems like sorry, no, i cut go, you go. off.
1: Go. It seems uh by comparison to like these these like historical uh situations, these historical examples of covenant. Mm-hmm. Um what we're reading about in, in like a biblical context seems uh, very unevenly weighted by hmm. comparison because yeah. like okay historically It's like a a bartering of trades and benefits, a mutually beneficial situation between people. Yep. Um, Cosmically
0: (laughs) speaking, I don't, you know, it's different. (laughs) It is. And uh, I think that brings up a really good point that there is a very, very pretty big difference between like a quote unquote traditional covenant that you see, whether it's Caesarian vassal or... You know, the bonds of friendship and fellowship uh, that would be established between somebody like Jonathan and David, or you and me, or or you and me, Ethan Bolton, Josiah Pitts, from the womb to the tomb. Uh, (laughs) um, The uh, you know, in in those traditional covenants, you might call those bilateral okay, okay. that's you, you know another vocab word that's yes and you just this is the other the other benefit of the rise and shirt podcast just increasing your vernacular one yeah. word at a time um, but in that idea you have two more or less yeah equal parties arriving at an agreement you know maybe both are kind of contributing to the stipulations of the covenant or saying hey like i want to what's what about this piece can we work on this piece of it um, in God's case, it's unilateral, and what that means is He establishes, initiates, determines the stipulations. He he does all the hard work, all the hard, work and and does most of. You know, we don't really have any bargaining chips with that. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm with, noticing that with God Almighty. You know, that's <laughs> when you're talking about the creator of the universe. You don't. There's not a lot of room to say, well, yeah, God, I I like that, but can we change? These seven pieces of it, I tried. Listen, that doesn't work well. Um, So he basically does all of that, and theologians then talk about the difference between a conditional and unconditional covenants. And when we're talking about the, you know, traditional sense, yes, Caesarian vassal, yes, Caesarian vassal. (laughs) That's uh, if, um, let's say, I violate the stipulations of that covenant. Well, you are not obligated. To hold up mm. your end of the covenant mm-hmm. anymore, it, the deals off. You know, it's this is you've you violated the covenant. You you have transgressed. You are done. You're done, it sounds toast. like it sounds like you're quoting the Lord of the Rings, <laughs> That's,
1: wow. which is so That's, on brand.
0: That is, I mean, it does it does flow through my veins. But uh, um, in the case of God, and let's use. Um, because we're not going to talk about it here much later, because we need to talk about this this whole concept in 20, 25 minutes as opposed to 20, 25 hours. <laughs> um, but let's say, okay, God establishes this covenant with creation, with Adam and Eve, where just by the very act of creation and by giving life and breath to mankind, he expects that, of course, Adam and Eve are going to are going to do what is asked of them, that they're going to be fruitful, they're going to multiply and fill the earth, they're going to exercise control over it for the benefit and flourishing of that creation, right? With the stipulation that the one thing they're not going to do is eat of the fruit of the tree, the knowledge of good and evil. And well,
1: then, that, of course, that works out, right? <laughs> Easy.
0: Easy, he said. I don't even like fruit. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Because of course we know that they do violate that stipulation. They eat from the tree, and they basically usher in all these curses. That's <laughs> and, fine. Uh, that's you my know favorite. they've doomed us to this uh, this sinful curse creation. Um, and so at that point, you know, with just this understanding of covenant that we have, God could just say, "All right, that's it. That's the end. Bang." He'd I'm be done. free of that, right? But what happens is in Genesis 3.15 – fifteen. We read that the serpent, who was the one that tempted Adam and Eve to eat from the tree in the first place, what we read is that um, the serpent will bruise the heel of Eve's offspring, but that offspring will crush the serpent's head, and a lot of theologians take that to be referring to Jesus, that Satan, you know, killed the son of God, but in doing so, Jesus defeated him fully and completely, right? Now, that is the difference between a conditional and unconditional covenant in that, like, okay, we we royally violated the stipulations of that covenant even, like – this is a side note. I have friends and theologians that would argue with me on all of this, these things. And if that's you and if you you want to talk about it, like – we could have a cup of coffee. We can sit and have a cup of coffee and talk about that. That's so, you know, That's just. That's a, bold. You know. I don't want to have coffee yeah, with you. I just <laughs> <Unless laughs> want to
1: talk about movies. That's what. That's, I'm here for. Yeah. Sorry.
0: That's it. <laughs> so, but in that case, God, um, he makes provisions that he's going to fulfill, and he is he is going to restore um, us to that place where through Jesus we're going to come back alongside him. And we're going to, one day we're going to fully be returned to that vocation, for lack of a better term, where we are co-reigning alongside mm-hmm. him. We're exercising dominion over uh, creation for the benefit and flourishing of that creation and of our neighbor. And that's all, like, God is going to fulfill that whether we continue to hose it up or not. God's going to do that. <laughs> okay. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's those, those but are like kind of a though. lot of this, I will
1: I'll point out um, is very like ingrained in the context of the Bible here. Like they're yeah. very, it feels like very historic examples. And I mean, mm-hmm. I, there's something you can glean from that, from the example that like that you're reading. You can you can come to some conclusions about that, sure. But what does that have to say about like our relationship, like here in the now? Because you said the covenant is a word often used. Uh, when God is engaging with us in yeah. a relational sense. Yeah, so right. So mm-hmm. let's, like, unpack
0: that for yeah. a minute. So let's, in order to understand that, I think it's it's helpful to understand the major movements of covenant that actually unfold in scripture. And you, if you're not, let's just throw out the quote-unquote Adamic, the the Adam covenant right out. there at the beginning of creation. Okay, let's just, you know. No oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, just, okay. Okay. Um, because we don't see the term explicitly used so okay. that just makes for, sense. you know we're just gonna just for fun okay just for a minute here okay it's again if you want to sit down and have a cup of coffee um there are five major covenants made between god and his people mm-hmm. okay you have the noaic covenant which is where god appears to know after the flood and says i establish my covenant with you and with all of creation basically that as long as day and night and the seasons spring summer winter fall are continuing on the earth i'm not going to destroy the world I flood again. Now, everybody gets to enjoy that covenant, right? And it doesn't matter if you're a raging pagan or uh, if you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, okay? You say enjoy. I, I'm not enjoying that. You're 90 are 90 degrees? Yeah. Not enjoying it. No, thank <laughs> it's you. you. It's like, I'm not enjoying the summer part of it, but uh, that's I, a covenant. That's, I'm enjoying not drowning though. <laughs> I should. Yes. The, the not being destroyed by flood again. Um, but God is going to keep that covenant like regardless of what's happening in the world like i I don't i don't think anybody would argue we've done plenty over the Mm -hmm. course of the millennia to deserve destruction again but god has made a covenant he said i've established my covenant i'm making a promise with not not just my people but with all the world like all of creation gets to enjoy this covenant and he upholds that just by virtue of him being god and keeping his promises and um and so that's that's an unconditional covenant, right? The other one is the Abrahamic covenant, which we touched on this week. Mm-hmm. And that's where God appears to Abram and says, I establish my covenant with you that I'm going to bless you, that I'm going to give you offspring and that I'm going to bless the nations through you. And I'm going to give you all this land of Canaan and that is, um, that's basically an unconditional covenant. Okay, because, I was going to ask that. Yeah, because God, um, God is going to fulfill that covenant. Um, we're go- I mean, well, the, the I mean, he tried to is, screw that
1: up pretty well. I was going to
0: say Abraham <laughs> tried to screw that up several times. Um, even a couple weeks ago, when we talked about exactly um, when he <laughs> he pimped out his wife uh, Sarah to, uh, to the Pharaoh, God intervened. And basically rescued them out yeah. of that situation. Um, now, again, one other side note that was all that was all predicated on the fact that Abram had faith in God, and you know, left. Um, yeah, there was his there lane. was another and, side to that. Yeah, um, and that's that's always kind of um, in some of these, you know, as the covenants move along that we're talking about here. Um, those covenants are kind of always predicated just on the fact that you're going to trust God and you have faith in Him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you see God, though, intervening here to yeah. make sure that this covenant is going to be upheld and preserved, and that, you know, even though Abram, and and as his family, as it advances in Scripture, does all they can to make sure um, that those promises won't be fulfilled, God, God is always in the business of keeping them. Um, so that covenant is going to play a pretty major role. Um, As we go on, and I really need to move on because I am taking 25 hours to describe this. Um, so you, then you move from there, you have the Mosaic covenant, which is where God appears to Moses and the people of Israel at Mount Sinai and says, I'm going to give you my law. Now that is a conditional covenant. God says, here are my laws. If you keep them, you will experience these blessings. And you can read all about that in Exodus and Leviticus and Deuteronomy, especially, um, and the problem we see with the Mosaic covenant is that we can't <laughs> keep the stipulations of those covenants, right? Like we we cannot do that, which creates a huge problem yeah. as we move through the story of the Bible. Uh, but I need to move on because I'm taking too long. Um, then you have the Davidic covenant. Right. That's our fourth one. And that's where God appears to King David and says, I'm going to establish my covenant with you, that someone from your family line will sit on the throne of Israel. And actually, the implications for that, if you read the Psalms are he's not just going to sit on the throne of Israel. He's going to sit on the throne and exercise rule and reign over all of creation, all of the world, all the universe. Um, So that's a promise that once again we see the Davidic line throughout scripture royally hose up all of like they they do everything in their power yeah. to like God could have backed out of that at any any moment. But what we see once again, getting a little ahead of myself here, but I get excited about it. But what we see there is that, you know, Jesus Christ is that King and that God fulfilled that covenant and that promise in spite of every uh, reason not to. He kept that promise in spite of the fact that David and his family line really hosed up a lot of things. Now, those are all Old Testament covenants, okay? I noticed. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, once again, and I, I got ahead of myself a little here, but the problem is by the end of the Old Testament, it, it becomes very clear over and over again that God's people, basically outside of the Noahic covenant, <laughs> they have they cannot... Like, they they have done everything possible to ruin these covenants. Uh, Like, anything that they could have done to um, make it totally uh, – like, they gave God every reason they could have to say, I'm rightfully backing out of this. We're done. But he didn't. Yeah. And – What we find at the end of this quandary as we're leaving the Old Testament and going to the New Testament is that there's a fifth covenant that comes into play, and that covenant is actually hinted at in the Old Testament, particularly in passages like Jeremiah 31. It's teased out where God says, I'm going to create a new covenant, not like the one I established with the nation of Israel at first, but a covenant where I'm going to write my law on their hearts. Not on tablets of stone, but I'm going to write it on their hearts, and I'm going to give them my Spirit, so that they can begin to walk in such a way that they are pleasing to me, and that they keep the uh, they 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 walk in obedience to me, and that of course is where Jesus Christ comes into play because He's the fulfillment of all of these these He is He is the one that God sends to, like, fulfill and keep the covenants and fulfill and keep the promises. When, when we look at Jesus, we see that God, he keeps his covenants. He keeps his relationship with us. Re- like, even if Josiah Pitts screws up sins, whether I keep faith or not, God sent Jesus and God is going to fulfill all of the promises that he made in scripture to his people, regardless of whether what I or you or you know, so and so does to screw that up, God's going to fulfill his promises. And what's left for us is just to trust him and in trusting him, walk in the power of the spirit and obey him. Um, and so, okay, back to the so we 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 went the really long way, and I really am going to wrap us up here. Your question was, what impact does that have on us today? Yeah. Like, How does that? How does that covenant that you know appears in Scripture and? What are the implications? Yeah. For what are us? the implications for us? So, this is one of my favorite things to talk about. And uh, Zach, how what <laughs> where are we on time here? And I'm just I'm going to run twenty. Okay, I've okay. We're whew, we're going to wrap it up here. So. God makes all these promises, mm-hmm. right? And we specifically see those promises in light of the fact that God says, I establish my covenant with you. I'm going to keep these promises. Whether you, you know, want to be recipient of them or not, that's your choice, but I'm going to keep my promises no matter what. So the question for us is, okay, well, in light of the fact that God's said that and he's going to do that, how do we walk in such a way how do we live in such a way how do we exercise our faith in such a way that we do receive those promises that that we do get in on god's fulfilling of the covenant um and how we do that is it, it seems to me what what scripture tells us is that we look at all these promises that appear in the bible and i mean just hundreds of amazing promises um, like just one that I cling to a lot is, um, in Isaiah. And now I'm blanking on the reference, which is terrible. I think it, it's 41:18. I think it says, fear not, do not be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. And I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Like, man, that's like, that's so amazing. Like, I don't like, don't be afraid. Like I'm with you. I am your God. I will strengthen the God of the universe is going to strengthen me and uphold me. God almighty is going to do that for me that's just amazing and the way uh that you walk in such a way to receive that promise is is simply to trust that's it. like put your faith that that Jesus bought that promise for you bought that assurance for you that second corinthians 120 all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ and when you when you your faith is in Jesus, and you you trust these promises of God, and you say, "Yeah, I, I believe that," and, and you act on it. Right? It's not just a passive thing where I'm, you're acting on it. You're living in a way that reflects that you trust that. Yeah, you are walking in the fulfillment of the kind like God is keeping His God is keeping His promises. And the reason you can do that is because God is always faithful to his covenants. He's always faithful to his people. And we know because we've seen it all throughout scripture that God keeps his end of the covenant no matter what. And even when we do our best to ruin it, even when we do our best to not trust those promises and to walk like in rebellion against God, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness and, uh, and so it becomes a matter of, well, we're just going to, like Abraham did, we read about this weekend, we, he believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And when, you, when you're in that place, isn't God's going to keep his covenant mm. and he keeps his promises. And uh, that's how we, uh, I've rambled a lot there. I rambled a lot. I get real, real excited could. off the cuff, you know. And, it was good. Uh, it was raw. Yeah. You know, that's how it, that's how it be. <laughs> Look at that. We're right on the limit there. So we're wrapping up. So right. if you have any other questions on this topic or anything like that, email us at horizonschurch.net. Yeah. And uh, I think that wraps us up, doesn't it? All right. It does. Thank you for joining us today, Ethan. Thanks for having this conversation yeah, with me. Yeah, of course. And we'll uh, we'll see you all next time. Mm-hmm.